Never kicked an AFLW goal. Fuller's looked like she's kicked a hundred with that. Beautiful. They're chaining up again here though, the Cats. Kerrig away to Bowen, feeds it Shit, forward to Crockett Grills. Back to Bowen. Bowen over the top to Gardner. If they complete this play, it will be quite something. Sheer in the pack. Courage back with a flight. Friend couldn't take the mark. Second three for a goal. Shit, shit mates is funny for about five seconds. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome <laughs> to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny, two of the saltiest dogs you will ever find on the surface of planet Earth. Um, <laughs> how are you, chaps? Salty, apparently. Yeah, apparently salty. But is this good kind? Of, is this like, yeah, I mean, you said salty as dog, so is this like the good kind of salty? Like, you're a pirate or a or a seaman. You you would uh, want <laughs> you you would want to be salty. Um, yeah. Uh, or is this like uh you know uh Collingwood fans? Like, what what are we talking? Which kind of salty? Are we talking? <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> does that? What? Does does the the, well, the, 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 the thing saying, that confuses me about yes. the modern age is salty now means what salty means in the in the modern term is bitter. Yeah. So why is it called? Why are we calling people salty? I don't know. It's to the, is it the tears? Salty tears? Is that what? It's... It could be. People are entitled to their sexual proclivities. Um, I don't know. Like, is it <laughs> to do? <laughs> is it to do like the the old saying? You know, a salty dog. I mean, it's piracy we're talking about. It's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's geezers who have spent a lot of time on the briny, yeah. you know, getting salty. Yeah. It, it's semen. Yeah. yeah. Semen who have spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, men who have spent a lot of time on the sea. So, so should we start calling the people that are salty, just call them spermy? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're very spermy. Oh, some, some of them, some of them spermy fans leave me. I'm feeling quite wrong. Don't feel like they're being so rubbed speak. the wrong way. <laughs> Bloody yeah, a lot of those in. Boy, boy. Um, so you just wait for the spermies to explode all over this. That's true. <laughs> I feel like we need a restart just, here. Jesus Christ! Doesn't work. This, this, really this seems like the 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 hot Patreon content. <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, Speaking. if you would like bonus content, early access content, go on over to the Chaps Chat Cats Patreon and give us five bucks a month. Five smackaroonies a month. You get access to extra episodes, early access episodes, video versions of every show. So that's pretty cool. We've we've just recorded cool. um, some thoughts on the Tanner Bruin and general trade period um, ponderings. So that will be going straight up there on the Patreon. Five bucks oh. a month. AUD. There you go. Here we go, guys. I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the results. I've got the uh, kind of facts that people really come to a Geelong Cats Football Club podcast for. So it's actually, yes. it is connected. It is connected. Salty, like salty, you know, bit of people on the internet and mm -hmm. salty dog. 
um, okay. because it's so. I mean, the thing I've really discovered here is that Jake Jake slapped us with a uh, with an insult here. That salty dog, even when talking about semen, is not is not actually a. It's a compliment. It's it, it's not actually a compliment. Salty dog is a nickname for an ornery sailor or a U.S. Marine who has spent most of their life abroad um, on a ship or at sea and uh, are therefore uh, bitter and cranky in life. And so <laughs> lads, sal- the salty on fits. the internet. <laughs> Wear it. <laughs> <laughs> when have we given you the impression that we're salty or cranky? Fuck you, Jake. What have we to, to deserve this? Yeah, um, this is uncalled for. Fucking yeah. right. I'm all cranky. Cats. It's not only what I am. What I am feeling is ornery, Jake. This is now <laughs> true. Very ornery. It's not just movie. cats content. You learn. We teach you stuff. Get you on cry. over to the Patreon. Maybe we need to start uh, Sam's weekly. You know historical sayings lesson or something um i thought you're gonna say what grinds my gears oh no what makes me ornery (laughs) the the ornery makes my dog salty (laughs) (laughs) all right so what we're into tonight chaps on this episode aflw week seven it's in the books it's written up. It is. It's engraved in the stone tablet of time. The cats went on down to Warnable, the ends of the earth. Speaking of salty dogs, um, down in Warnable. I've only been, had terrible times in Warnable, so it's not to like disparage it in a you know, objectively, but subjectively, uh, shit house times in Warnable. The um, worst Easter of my entire life was in Warnable. <laughs> really? A lot of time in a hospital. You have some salty eggs there, did you? <laughs> some ordinary um, eggs. So eggs. the cats went down to play the bombers, and chaps, it was a pretty good game. This one, a pretty good game, coming off the back of two wins in a row. The cats, after thumping the Saints and clinging to a one-point win over the Dogs in Ballarat, Geelong capped the second game of its month-long stretch on the road, month without a home game at Cadinia Park, with a 43-28 win over the Bombers. And it was a game where they were challenged a plenty, chaps. The, it was all locked up at 13 apiece after the first quarter. The Cats kicked out to a two-goal lead at halftime to lead 26-14. to 14. But then the Bombers held the Cats to just one behind in the third term while adding two goals, one of their own, to lock it up at 27 apiece going into the final quarter. And the Bombers were on the charge. The Cats, though, as they've done a lot this season, withstood the charge and then responded. They kicked two goals, four to one behind in the final term. Chloe Shear took over the Ford 50. Um, marking everything. Good service inside the 52. Um, the Cats running out. 6-7, 43-4-4, winners to record their third win in a row, the first time in the AFLW club's history that they've won three in a row and to embed themselves in the top eight. Sambo, I'll go to you first. Mm -hmm. And then, John, don't fight, boys. 
Don't fight. Um, okay. What? Fuck what? Jake, we're gonna fight. What we? Because so we're what, feeling ornery. What were your thoughts, Sambo, on this game? Oh, it was a pretty interesting. That was the wrong animal noise for this podcast. Sir. It was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Much, much better. Uh, my thoughts on this game were were all pretty pretty positive. Um, you know, even when the when the bombers sort of started making a push, it wasn't out of the realms of expectation for how we thought that the bombers would play. They're pretty um. Yeah, they've got a, a bit of get up and go in them uh, for such mm. a new new side. So uh, we were sort of wary of that. I thought some of the times when we were tested, our our midfield was um was a little bit off the pace, just a little bit mm. second to the ball sometimes, which was sort of what I expected missing Prasparkas last week. Um, but I felt like oddly, considering we we proved our worth without her last week, um, I thought it was it was yeah it was, it was quite odd that. It was this week that I felt like you really noticed her absence, um, yeah. in, especially in stretches of the game, not the whole game, but certainly in, in significant stretches of it. But outside of that, um, I, yeah, I thought I was really impressed. It's, it's sort of like each game is a, is a unique snowflake. Um, and I'm not saying this was the, the best one of all of them or anything, but it did, it did really bring home some of the, the positives that I think we've got with this team at the moment. Um, some of the ball movement and the the trust and faith in each other um, that the players have out on the field um, is really exciting. Um, and you only get that from, from playing together. That's not something you can teach or just sort of um, imbue into someone artificially. So it's really exciting that that seems to finally be sort of clicking. Um, and then the as you mentioned the delivery inside 50 but you know beyond that just the ball movement around the ground in general was so confident there was so much dare and dash to it um yeah it got me it got me really excited like finals just it seems seems right there it seems right there so um that's not something i necessarily thought i would be feeling at this point of the season so um yeah i don't think i was super pessimistic but yeah it turns out i i should not have um should not have doubted them in any way well well chaps we we pegged the cats we said if it's four wins four wins out of 10 this season would be a would be a pretty good like pass mark when we were previewing mm. the season johnny what what are you feeling about this game uh again it was just like the same feeling as against bulldogs just really happy with the way they're able to battle through those real tough middle quarters mm. and the resilience they show to stay in the fight and not give up and keep their head down and yeah as sam said just continue fighting and move that ball away they have all year it sort of broke down in that third quarter but they couldn't really get that smooth ball movement going they were a bit they're getting chased down a fair bit by the bombers and i reckon i think they were you know following the ball a bit too much or just chasing that ball instead of spreading out, manning up mm. and all and doing what they do best. They all sort of were chasing that ball and that one player and letting the bombers get out. But um whatever Dan said at three quarter time, 
you know, just calm them down, tell them to go back to the basics, worked wonders because they came out in that last quarter on fire and playing. Like, like, well, like we've seen them all year and like we did in that first quarter. So, yeah, it was, it was really good to see them get really challenged, see them get under the pump and have bombers with all that momentum. And then the same come out in that fourth quarter and just blow them out of the water was, I think that was probably my favorite part of the game was just seeing them respond in the way they did. Because in previous seasons, the Bombers boy could have taken that momentum and overrun the Cats like we've seen some of the other teams do. But you can just see that um, level, that base level, that foundation of the Cats is there, that desire to get the ball, to chase it. But then there's just that next layer of, you know, endurance, being able to play an entire game and get that structure back when he's lost it is, yeah, that was really satisfying. And big congratulations to the girls for you have to find that again in that last quarter and play and, you know, put their doubters down and prove that they can do it no matter when and no matter how much pressure that they are under. So big thumbs up. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's, you know, really where that last quarter was built was the pressure game. Suddenly Geelong was, I mean, Geelong had pressured all game, but like they ratcheted it up another level in that final term. They end the game with 81 tackles to 53. Um, the, that's the effort. Um, numbers, isn't it? Like yeah, exactly. That's that immense. It means that, you know, they weren't pushed around in the contested footy either. 90, they did lose the count, but only by five, 92 to 97. They had more. I'm loving seeing the marks inside 50, 11 marks inside 50. So they're able to control the ball, you know, better than they ever have, really. Um, clearances, they got beaten soundly at the clearances, 32 to 18. I thought that's probably where you saw Prasparkas's absence probably the most because she is a bit of a clearance machine. But another thing, Sambo, to pivot into here, 22 inside 50s, the Cats, 13 scores. It's a score on 60%, so 59% of their inside 50s. They capitalized really well, but like we made the point early on, they could have even had more because sometimes they were a little too unselfish. They they overworked a few opportunities, particularly in the, in the first half. Yeah, definitely. They were, um, you know, I think the the first half and then even maybe that maybe it was sometime in the third. It was, it was when, it was when we were, the pressure was on a little bit because they were on their way back and we needed to do something. And some of the young, younger players maybe um, who in other times you would back to have had a crack. Um, they seem to take about three extra touches, handball off to you, kick it off to you, kick it off to you, and then um, they sort of lost the opportunity. Um, but yeah, so that's that's certainly encouraging because I mean they've more or less fixed the issues that we were we had had earlier. The the delivery inside fifty, the type of delivery inside fifty, the variety of delivery inside fifty, um, and then the targets, the re the reception of those um, deliveries as well, and so to have this niggle this week, which is basically we could have been even more efficient is uh, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty great. I think we're going to see more goal kickers going forwards. Um, you know, I think, I think we'll continue to see players like Shear and Scott kick the majority 
but I think we're going to see a lot more of like um, those sort of younger, the younger and smaller players seem to be getting into the really deadly positions in that forward 50. Mm. And now it's just the, the cutthroat instinct to actually finish it off that they're, they're sort of having to develop. Frisbell's best game, do you think? 12 touches, this, two marks, this, this five is, tackles yeah. and a goal. Do you think? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Definitely. I had her as best last week, and again, she's followed up extremely well. Mm. And, and, and pretty consistently throughout the game too, I thought. Yeah. Started, started hot and, and stayed hot. Mm. Definitely. I felt like a few players were able to start hot and stay consistent, consistently hot, especially the defence. Defensive unit was under of the pump. Mm-hmm. The last I heard the what the inside fifty count. I think at half time was like twenty five to nine or something. It was insane. What? <laughs> Whatever. It was. Yeah, <laughs> but the um, but yeah, the defense that they were working overtime and repelling attack after attack and what I, I can't remember the inside fifty efficiency was. Extremely low for the Bombers, but very high for the Cats. So, you know, as we've talked about throughout the whole year, you know, you, when we get these op- get opportunities, gotta gotta be able to take them because so, otherwise, inside fifties are just another stat that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. So the Bombers had eight scores on twenty nine inside fifties, which was just twenty seven percent of the time. So less than half of what Geelong managed and they had plenty of the ball. They had plenty of, you know, the ball inside 50. They got um, plenty of free kicks too, um, the Bombers. And I know that the free kick count doesn't have to be even, but they were plucking things out sometimes that they weren't plucking back the other way. So just one of those things sometimes, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bias, but sometimes you just get the rub of the green in that instance where it just flows your way. They, they see the ones for you and they don't see the ones for the other team. Um, so Essendon well and truly had their chances, but um, John Doe, the back line played well for the Cats. Um, you know, you look at some of the stats in the back line for Geelong, uh, Meg McDonald, only the 11 touches, a mark and three tackles, but I thought she really stood up in a big way Um you know, again, it's one of those things. Sometimes it's hard because the 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 impact doesn't necessarily show up on the scoreboard. But I thought Claudia Gunjaka had a had one of the toughest jobs on the field, taking on Bonnie Toogood, and Toogood did play well. But I thought Claudia gave a really good account of herself as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you always worry when Toogood's taking a mark; she mm. rarely misses when she's having her shots. So I think, what did she end up with? Three three goals. Uh, Two or three, or two? yeah. I'll just have a look here. I think. It, so, yeah, all those entries and for her to come away with two goals, one and a couple of marks inside fifty, I think you can say well done to Claudia big time because there was a lot of times when, like, they were under huge amounts of pressure and you know they, they just weren't able to find a free player inside fifty, and Claudia did some really good things. Like when she did have that ball in defence and. She was under a fair amount of pressure. She was able to stay pretty calm and collected and 90% of the time picked the right target um, exiting the 50. Hmm. Um, And Megatron, yeah, that was another Megatron game. Made a couple of costly mistakes early on. But I think after that, you know, picked herself up. 
told herself off most likely, gave herself a bit of a, you know, a chatting to and got mm. back to the job and did amazing. Some of the spoils she was able to pull off was great. You know, tackling was great. Running, um, not, as you said, wasn't getting a whole heap of the ball, but still just, you know, being that general in the back line, telling, you know, setting up defensive unit really well to make sure the Bombers weren't getting any anything easy. And by the stats, they weren't. And you know, I think it's Meg, Meg McDonald leading the way in the defence with Cordia, her right hand mm. um, mate in there as well. And then you also got Annabelle Johnson, who's really stepped up this year again, mm. along with um, Emerson, who's just continually does what she does. Run down tackles is fantastic and the follow up pressure. Yeah, just um, having the experience of Carrot coming back in, like the, the yeah. back line is so settled. The midfield has been settling, you know, this season and, and last to an extent. Shakiest this week, especially after Nina got that um, finger dislocation. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it still was able to settle pretty quickly. What do we think happened there, chaps? Because like it was obvious, like that that Essendon gained an ascendancy, like around the stoppages in terms of winning the clearances and getting it out, like, and, and you know they controlled the ball pretty well, like they were moving the ball nicely on the cats once they had possession. But like, what do you think happened to cause that? Is it as simple as, well, oh, Prasparkas wasn't there? Do you think the Nina Morrison injury, like what, you know, just sort of you know, pulled one too many of Geelong's elite midfielders away. But, you know, Morrison wasn't out of the game for long, but do you think that sort of had a bit of an impact for a little while until she sort of settled with the injury? No, uh, I think I think it's just more of the fact that the Cats haven't been a, a super strong clearance team. And I think we, we see it in the men's as well. They're not, you know, they're not gunning to get that first clearance. They're more than happy to let them, you know, get that first touch, but they're going to intercept it. They're going to either chase you down and tackle you hard. Or if you handball it out, they're going to be there to intercept. So I don't, I don't think it's, it doesn't feel like it's a huge, massive headache for the Cats just yet. I think this game, though, will go well. We've got to, probably should get on top of it a bit more. It could be just the fact that Prasparkas isn't there, but I also feel... I think they're a bit more of the team that is happy to stand back, let them get the first touch, and then work out, work on the other players. And you know, I think trying to stop Maddie Prasparkas would be just um, a fool's errand. I think she's just she's she's strong, she's fast, she can burst through tackles that easily. So I think trying to stop her one on one is not the way to go. I think what they did was probably the way to go and. You know, she's a freak player. She's going to do crazy things. So, yeah, I, I'm not too stressed about that just yet. Maybe against Adelaide in a couple of weeks could be another story. But, you know, it is what it is. And the Cats were able to adjust pretty well and play the way they wanted to play. Sambo, anything to add on the midfield sort of conversation? Because we did talk about it sort of a bit on the day of, like, what's going on. Yeah, like, I think I think... Chris Barkas, obviously, as I said earlier, her, her uh, you know, 
absence was felt this week in that area. I thought Becky Webster had a really good game this week, but it was a really different game. I thought last week you could tell she sort of stepped forward to fill in that Prosparcus role, whereas, you know, different teams, you know, require different things. I don't think Becky was able to just do that as much this week. I think she was was spinning a lot of plates, as I think a lot of the team were, um, you know, in terms of trying to lock people down and also provide what they need to provide for, for our players going forward. Um, when we're on the attack. So I think, although Becky Webster had a really good game, I think it was a very diff- different game um, and she wasn't able to get any kind of clearance numbers in there. Um, if the Cats are kind of just going, let's not worry too much about clearances and focus on the tackle and the pressure, I think that'd be... Like, I'd kind of be more worried about that than I would be about them just getting beaten in that area at the moment because Fuller's playing out of her skin. Like, if you've got a... A, a ruck woman playing that well to not try and build that into your tactic, into your, you know, your plan, your plan a would be um, a little scary, <laughs> I guess, or a little wasteful for, for how well she's playing. So even if they thought that initially, and that's kind of the way they structure, I think having seen how she's played this year, I think they can really bank on fuller mm-hmm. a little bit, more than they are if that's the case um i think morrison going down did make a huge impact like i think she was a major 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 part of the way we were playing especially without prosparcus and i think she just wasn't comfortable with that finger you know it's it's a, it's a horrible feeling like you know it's obviously not the worst injury thank god it was just a dislocated finger and she could come back on but you you'd just be ever ever present you know with that finger, you'd just be always thinking about it. So I think it took her a while to to come to grips with it and play at her best again. But I thought she, I thought in in you know in the fourth quarter when we did sort of assert the dominance, I thought you could tell that she was she had her head back in the game. Um, so yeah, that's that's my general thoughts. So I think when Prosparkus is back, we will see a difference. Um, but I think I think we should really be focusing on those clearances if we can, just because of how full is, well full is playing. Like it seems, like why why have a why have a hit it out hit it out at all if we're you know if we're not going to use that as our plan A. I think Fuller definitely played out of her skin. Like the numbers back up, eight touches but twenty three hit outs, which was ten more than the next closest player on the field, who uh, which was Wales, who had thirteen. She laid seven tackles, Fuller. I feel like she's really increased her endurance, her ability to get around the ground and Mm. apply pressure this season. It was something I think you sort of, you know, she got caught out a bit last season, but has obviously put a power of work in over the off season. She gets around the ground, no issues at all. And she's applying pressure. She's, you know, ripping into contests um, and dominating in the air. It's, It's really exciting to see it freeze Derby up a bit. You know, she does pinch hit in the ruck and played pretty well herself um the the biggest thing like that i took away again was from a team stats point of view um so so this year the cats are averaging 43.9 marks per game which is fourth most in the league if you look at last season so 43.9 this season last year the cats averaged 28.7 marks per game last they were the worst team in the league for marks 
which means you can't control the ball. You can't control the movement of the ball. And like that's been a, such a major difference this year in their ability to put scores together, to control the tempo of the game, is their ability to possess the footy. And I don't know, I, I would love to interview um, you know, the players, and I think that'll be a focus of the off-season. You know, I've thought about maybe reaching out during the season, but um, Johnny's spinning galaxy meme style. Um, I'm spinning. I'm that excited. You know, like, I don't want to interrupt anyone's focus during the year, but when whenever their season comes to an end, a question I will ask mm. the next time we have someone on is, is to say, what changed? Was it, did, did you know, you just feel like, playing the two seasons back to back just gave you so much more time together in terms of chemistry and in terms of refining, you know, execution of the skill, you know, or whatever it was. Is it just something clicked confidence wise? Did you change the, the actual strategy of where and how and when you were moving the footy? I really want to know what it is because mm. it's hard to ascertain from a distance because they do look more confident, but but is it chicken or the egg? Did they are they moving the ball better because they're feeling more confident, or are they feeling more confident because they're moving the ball better, having put some you know different types of work and stuff in over the off season? It's it's hard to know if you don't ask someone who's been really is. in on the process sort of thing. It yeah. could also be as simple as there was just this you know energy around the around the club where. The men's were doing really well through their season, and it just like got the women going. Fuck, let's get going. Let's get our season started so we can go out there and play, like play the game that we want to play, and use that energy as a motivation to get to get there where they know they can get. But yeah, it'd be interesting to yeah, I'm really interested as well as you are, Mitch, to find out exactly what it is. Uh, but because... I've got a feeling it's going to be. A- combination of all that because it's been coming though it's definitely been coming along yeah and, and and it's just so marked the difference like statistically from last season to this like that ability to control the ball the ability to move it at speed and make the other team defend um i i really think some of the player additions have been crucial like i remember we had an episode johnny and i don't know if it got released or not where we I'm sure we would have. It was a trade period episode and we'd lost Phoebe McWilliams and we'd lost Olivia Barber and we lost Sophie Vanderhoevel and it was a bit like, fuck, you know, they've been some some really good contributors for us and we didn't really know who the players were coming in, you know, like we're pretty cats focused and we sort of went, oh, well, I don't know, you know, how to feel about this off season and, and, and what we've done to improve the roster or not. But you look at it now and you go, my God, all three of those players, or all not just the three, um, you know, like free agency or, or trade targets, but also the draftees and that, every player that we've brought in, like yeah. Michaela Bowen, Shelley Scott, Jacqueline Parry, um, you know, Brooke Plummer is another one. She had seven disposals, seven kicks, and lads, she's increased. She has increased her... Um, meters gained again so she's currently 
78. So her, her efficiency has gone down a little bit, which you would expect as you play more games. It's hard to maintain 80 plus percent. But so she's 78.3% disposal efficiency, 27 meters gained per disposal now up from 24 last uh for the last couple of games like she seems pretty much solidified in the team um and definitely i just feel like they've they've all come in and played their role so well like you see chloe Shear kick three goals four and some of the service from shelly scott um from um bowen there was a lovely little kick from Bowen to set Shear up on the lead at one point. There was a lovely kick from Shelley Scott to to set Shear up on the lead. Um, Sambo, do you like? I'll let you sort of take the floor next. Do you want to talk about the the players who have come in? Do you talk about Chloe Shear? Where do you, where do you sort of want to go there? Uh, I mean the whole team. <laughs> well, no, um, well, like, no, do do actually take the players. Do uh, like in retrospect, looking at the players we've brought in, like how massive do you think the impact has been, and how right do you think the cats got it? Um, you know, looking back now with what we know. Uh, I mean the impact has been huge, obviously, but I think that like we don't want to get away from the fact that there is more improvement here too. That this is only you know. At this, it's a handful of games, really, at this point, because of how short this season, like the season's almost over, but it's a, it's a handful of games. And I think that's really exciting. I think the new additions have been fantastic, but I don't want to take too much credit away from the girls that have been playing together mm-hmm. now. They've got some, some experience together. And I think that's one of the things that you really see a lot. You know, I, I was talking about in my just general thoughts of just this, this sort of faith and trust in each other, the way they're moving the ball um, at such speed so sort of ferociously that takes skill but it it really takes sort of the trust in your teammates to know they're going to be there before you're sort of kicking or hand passing it there you can't afford to be and that's that's kind of how it looked in the past it looked all very up in the head it looked collect the ball look Mm. see target judge where the target is going hit target um it was like it was somewhat labored um, whereas now they're able to do it so freely and without without too much thought. Um, so I think that's probably, I don't want to take anything away from the new players either, but I think that to me is the biggest oh, difference yeah. is just how 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 much this team looks like they've clicked. And then these new additions just add so much. I think probably Plummer would be the one that I would look to as being the, the most revelatory addition, um, you know, <laughs> just looks like she should have been there the whole time. Looks like she could have been playing there for for four or five seasons, not, you know, half a dozen games. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what? About- yeah, you, what about you, Johnny? Who who what are the specific do you have a specific one that you think? I think I think uh, I'm going to go with two and I'm going to go with Harry and Shelley Scott. Mm-hmm. Both coming from Melbourne, both playing I think they both were board players for Melbourne as well. And you can just see the way they they two them two can link up and work together so well is working wonders for that forward line now. And then having Chloe Shear there as well, she looks she looks free. She looks as you know, as we've said to the whole throughout the whole year in the M and the W. Some players just need a set role. 
and Chloe Shears got that set role. You're going to be our big main target. Then we're going to have Perry and Shelley Scott there to, you know, help out. Shelley Scott can take great marks, and then Perry can go up the floor, up, run up the ground, apply pressure, get the get a good mark um, outside the fifty, and then pass it pass it into the forward line to Shelley Scott or Chloe Shear, and ninety percent of the time, if Shear doesn't mark it. She's going to bring that ball to the ground, and she's also got the agility to kick a goal. But yeah, I think I think the way Shelley Scott and Jacqueline Perry have come to the side, and now that Shelley Scott's in the forward line, the way that dynamic is working has has paid off major for the Cats. And I think we were talking about where the, where the Cats going to get their goals from this year. You know, they're getting inside fifties, but the Direction has been really poor. There hasn't been much lead up. Who's going to be that number one target? And now all of a sudden it's working wonderful. They've got targets. They've got threats. The defensive team, the opposition team, don't know who to go to. Who to, are they going to send their main forward line, fly, uh, back line, mm-hmm. Shelley Scott or Chloe Shear? Because they both can kick bags and they both kick what, three goals in a, in a game. And Chloe Shears done it again. So I think them two have just been major, major pickups for the Cats and just, yeah, excellent ones. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the way, yeah, the, the, the forward line has, has clicked since bringing Carrick back in because Carrick yeah, coming back in has allowed Scott to go forward you know if you don't have that move like scott looked good in the back line like more than capable but she has been transformative once she's been up around that forward 50 and it, it's really um redefined what's possible um obviously we're massive fans of michaela bowen i thought it was probably her best game 16 touches two marks um creative crafty like that they're the things that i love to watch about her footy thought julia crockett grills really cracked in they ran her through the middle um i think while nina morrison was off the ground she had nine touches five tackles and obviously she's been there a while but so much to like chaps um and chloe Shear booting three goals for i don't know what exactly she's up to I'll, i'll i'll have a quick look um for you in total but she's been absolutely on fire she's she's got seven goals seven this season so far with with three games to go shelly scott's got five goals too love seeing nina morrison get among the goals three goals one and she nailed a really nice one on the weekend i'm just about ready to get into some votes don't know about you chaps but i'm i'm so. ready all right yeah I'm let's, let's do it um, I'm going to open the voting by giving one vote. And this, this was a tough week. There are so many players who deserve the vote. Tough. I'm giving one vote to Becky Webster. Uh, she had 16 touches, two marks, seven tackles, kicked a goal. Could have gone for Nina Morrison as well. They were the two sort of, there was about three or four yeah. players circling for me for my one vote. But I went Becky Webster because I just thought, Yep, I just liked her contribution right across the game. 
Um, I'm giving two votes to Chloe Shear. Um, nice. Chloe Shear kicking three goals, four. She took eight marks. <laughs> eight marks. Crazy stuff. And they're, they're many of them spectacular, using her body to outmuscle an opponent. But a player whose performance actually kind of bizarrely got sort of washed away for me in the moment was Amy McDonald. She's getting my three votes. Like, she looked good. She looked like she... I love... She had the Joel Selwood um, head bandage on for a bit, and I wish she'd left it on because it was making me feel, you know, all warm and fuzzy thinking about Joel Selwood and going, yeah, we need someone to rock the bandage um, in games. But it didn't really impact me how well she'd played until I looked... She had 26 touches and 12 tackles. 12 tackles she is incredible and it's just as we said a while ago it's just that she has set her own standards so ridiculously high that she's sort of easy to overlook sometimes because you're just used to her being fucking brilliant so three votes to amy mcdonald johnny what do you have oh it's a tough one mm. real tough but i'm going uh one vote to Brooke Plummer. I think she deserves nice. the vote. She, I don't think she's got one yet no. after her three games. Uh, but yeah, deserves one. She's doing some fantastic stuff. Two votes. Ugh, it's so tough. It's so tough. Um, Chloe Shear. I'll give my two votes to Chloe Shear as well. Two and I think I, I think I'm the same. I it's hard to go past a McDonald for the three votes she's i don't know she's just kind of consistently consistent There's, yeah just so good glad she's on the team she definitely makes everyone play better play harder mm. uh leader in that midfield and tell you what just a absolute superstar she's yeah, one of those players that oh, doesn't get talk enough about in the afl w media no. Yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 funny that yeah, it's, it's strange how she kind of gets overlooked a little bit outside of game. Like if you know you're watching the Geelong Cats game, they will acknowledge how good she is and how much of a superstar she is, but she just doesn't get looked at in the general uh, media. No, oh my god, as you guys said, this is a tough week. There's so many people that I wanted to give votes to. Um, like Gunjak, uh, I think played really well. Like her, her, especially her, the first half. I thought she really was making some clutch clutch saves uh, in moments when the Bombers could have possibly threatened to have some um, to to get a bit of momentum. Um, I thought I, I talked about her last week, but I just think her game is just just shot to the next level. Um, Webster, I want to give votes to Friswell. I want to give votes to um, Crockett Grills, Nina Morrison. The fact that Nina Morrison's not getting votes is just insane because she had a, she carried it. For big lengths of the game, um, but anyway, I'm giving my one vote to uh, Michaela Bowen um, right. for the for the reasons and stats that that were mentioned. Um, and yeah, I just think she's she's working her way into this team so well. Like she's just like seems like such an integral part of the overall machine. Um, and yeah, was really really impressed. I thought not only did she sort of 
do the work she does every week, but I felt like this this game she had a couple of peaks as well, like a couple of moments that really made you stand up and take notice. Um, my two votes are actually going to Amy McDonald. Um, nice. I yeah yeah for everything you guys said, deserved the three votes, but didn't get them from me. But she got them both. <laughs> she got them from both <laughs> of you guys. Uh, my my three votes are going to Chloe Shear. Um, nice. You know, just flashing back to our talks of the forward line and what we're going to do, like. It, yeah, I, watching her game, I, I felt like I had the um, the I need a hero song just playing <laughs> in my head, and I like you, you know, and, and and that's her. That, that we were, you know, we were we were calling out for a hero, um, and she's really stood up in a couple of these games. And I think if she can find this kind of form consistently, um, she's going to be absolutely unstoppable. She's going to be a freak. She was, she was able to shear through those. Uh... From the defenders, wasn't she? With with sheer strength, sheer skill. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you think um, the 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 gift that came to mind for me thinking about Chloe Shear's game was the Jurassic Park one, and Sam Neill taking off his sunglasses, just like watching in awe as <laughs> as Shear just bodied defender after defender out of it, really took over that third quarter. So uh, looking Definitely. really, really good, but it's a runaway leader at the moment, a player who's only missed votes in one week. Amy McDonald has made the most of Georgie Prasparkas also being suspended the last couple of weeks to accrue eight votes this week and the lead in the standings on 33 votes. She's averaging almost <laughs> five votes per week. Georgie Prasparkas in second with 26. And then it's a long way down. Meg McDonald with 13. Nina Morrison with 10. Shelley Scott with 9. 8 each for Becky Webster and Chloe Shear. 7 for Olivia Fuller and Annabelle Johnson. 3 for Zali Friswell. And singles for Michaela Bowen and Brooke Plummer. That is, is. your blooming lot. McDonald's <laughs> powering away to a third. Um, chaps, chat cats MVP, and deservedly so. Absolutely, well, he, he, she got thirty-seven votes in ten games last year, and she's up to thirty-three through seven games. <laughs> How many did so you get the first year? If you got the, uh, the numbers, I don't know that I do. Let me don't have a look. No, I much. do. I do. Twenty-six. Do. Twenty-six. Look at that. Your your boy has the numbers. So she, she just. So at the moment, she's on track to beat. Uh, the year again. Oh yeah, she she should smash it. Four votes to go with three smash weeks it. on the cards, plus potential of finals. Probably one win. One win would that's, probably lock it up, chaps. That's crazy to think that Amy McDonald's still getting more votes each year, and yet the team has got some great players still playing, and she's still holding these votes. It's absolutely goes to show what a fucking star she is. Absolutely, chaps. And that will do us on this AFLW episode of the podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want early access, bonus content. If you want video versions of all our podcasts, go on over to the Chaps Chat Cats Patreon. The link is available on our social media. It's in, it's available in the show notes of this podcast on your podcast app. Five Australian dollars a month 
for all of that. We will be back in your ears with a preview episode of AFLW Week 8. And Sambo and I angling to go down to Icon Park and take in the doubleheader. Essendon v Sydney and then Cats v the Eagles. Excited. We've got to take John's Guernsey and get him some signatures, don't we, John? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're able to, that would be Should, yeah. wonderful. All right, we'll make it happen. It doesn't matter, get... it could just be someone in the crowd. Yeah. If you could only anyway. get one signature from the roster, John, who is it? I'll play say Georgie Pasparkas. Sam, who is it? One signature. Nina Morrison. <laughs> it's really Finch. tough. One Any of them for card. me, but I've got to get Annabelle Johnson. <laughs> nice. Go Cats! Go Cats. Go Cats.